For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? It's a good day, isn't it? It's Every day we do a podcast is a good day, but today is a special one with Greg Root, one of my favorite people. I think we've been almost best friends since fateful 2001 when we all showed up. From all these random places, California. Greg, you might have been not one of the first people I met from California, but one of the first people I like actually be, was a friend with. Isn't that crazy? Very good friends for like 21 years. You were from New York. I was from Cali, man. Different, different coasts, both playing fullback. Man, it's been a fun ride for sure. <laughs> it's been a fun ride. Every time <laughs> we get together, it's it gets more fun, which is unbelievably almost impossible. Little do people know, Greg was the person in uh, Greg is the reason I met my wife today is the reason I have a daughter. So Greg is uh, one of my favorite people for those reasons. Although sometimes Greg, I'm mad at you that you don't know. Cause you, you introduced me to my wife who gets on my case more than anyone else, but neither here nor there. I still love her very much. I thought you were um, feel like you would wish that I introduced you like sooner or something, but you're just talking about her getting on your case now. So. <laughs> you know, I think you introduced us at a perfect time. Yeah. At, at the perfect time, at the perfect place, Wando's Bar and Grill. Followed by Karaoke Kid. I mean, it doesn't get much better than the Wando's Karaoke Kid, you know, back-to-back <laughs> uh, experience, for sure. No, because what was the reason? We went to we went to Karaoke Kid. Oh, that's what it was. And they're like, we don't open until 5 o'clock. And exactly. the game was at 11, so we were like, what are we going to do for a couple hours? We and- figure something else out to do. So we went by uh, Jay Wanzerski's, you know? <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a hop, skip, and a jump, and... I think Allie was, I think her story is she was excited to do um, karaoke. And then she was like, oh, we're going to Wando's. And I was like, first thing I said, why are you so short? And that was it from there. And that was it. We had to go to Wando's and wait on the 90s hip hop and R&B. And, you know, the the romance was in the air. How did she said I was the worst, though? So, I mean, I don't at the worst at karaoke, which is true. I don't know lyrics to any song. Yeah. I mean, you were with an interesting sample size, you know, I, I was performing. So, you know, being the worst going against my karaoke skill set isn't the, the worst thing that could happen, you know. Greg, what's your go to karaoke song? I mean, all 90s and, and, and early 2000s hip hop and R&B. But like I pull stuff, you know, out of the collection like Ray J or Genuine or Ashanti and, and, and things like this to get the crowd going. But of course, 
you know, we got some Pac and some Biggie and Ice Cube, et cetera. But I mean, Genuine's Pony is always a crowd pleaser. It is. I'm more of a differences guy myself, but, um, you know, Pony. My whole arm. life has changed. Yeah, with the arm motions and all of it. <laughs> <laughs> the culmination of the college basketball season is finally upon us. And if you're looking to wager on these last few games, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting with your favorite Vegas casino games. Plus, with Major League Baseball right around the corner, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Oh, man. So, Greg... What I love about you is you remember all of the stories about Coach White. We'll get there. But because you remember a lot of stories that I th- like the that database you t- that like you're too hung over to remember, Bernie. Is that what you're saying? A lot of the stuff that happened with Coach White, you couldn't really be hung over because that was like you had too much football to do. There's a lot of things I was too hung over to remember. Let's not get that wrong. Um, but, Greg, coming from Palmdale, you were a linebacker. What was football like in California? Cause I'm coming from a whole new coast. Uh, Matt Perkins, where were you? You were in New Hampshire, New you Hampshire. Were in Buffalo, New Hampshire. Like what, what is football like in California? What was it like at Palmdale? And yeah, just go from there. What was like little Greg root? Like, yeah. I mean, I think football generally high school football in Southern California is very competitive. Um, you know, it's probably California, Texas, Florida, and you know, the LA urban area is certainly, you know, very, very similar. A ton of recruits coming out of LA. Um, Palmdale is a little bit different. I mean, we're in Los Angeles County, um, but we're like a high desert community over the mountains a little bit. What some would maybe consider, you know, quote unquote, underserved or a little bit uh, stigmatized. But we had the best athletes. So we didn't have the best, uh, you know, facilities or, or coaches at all times. But we had amazing, amazing athletes. You know, Paul George is out of out of Palmdale. Um, so just incredibly competitive, blue collar, tough. Um, you know, the weather's usually good. So we're, we're training and we're strength training. We're out running track and we're well-prepared. Um, but just a great environment for, for football here in Southern California. So when, when does, when does some, when do you start football in California? Like when did you specifically start football? I mean, when we had like, you know, we had seven on sevens and then we had, you know, summer camps and two a days and then the seasons. Um, but I was, I was playing football and running track. You know, my senior year, I wrestled as well. So I was constantly playing sports, constantly going to the gym, constantly working out. Um, so it was a year-round thing um, for me and my friends, for sure. Nice. And so when did offers start coming in and where did they come in from? Yeah, I, w- I wasn't super heavily recruited. Um, Wisconsin came in late. Like, I think I took my official visit in January when signing day was in February um, Ryan Aiello was my host. It was freezing cold. I was like, man, this is certainly different than Southern California. Um, my junior year, we had a, a really incredible team. We won the Golden League Championship. Um, we had guys on my team that were getting scholarships to Oregon State and Hawaii. Um, and actually, you know, one one player, Justin Wyatt, was the starting corner on USC's national championship team. So full of talent on my on my junior year squad. Senior year, we didn't quite do as well. Um, we were actually like three and seven. So a, a great championship, uh, junior year. And then our senior campaign, uh, we struggled a little bit. So I was getting offers from like the Idaho's, the Oregon States, the Northern Colorado's, 
um, of the world took trips to those places. And then, you know, Wisconsin came in late in January. I mean, it was a no brainer, especially for coach white, you know, being my recruiter. Um, and then, you know, just doing what he does to, to get guys out there. So he, he recruited Southern California. Um, the guys in our class, the guys prior to our class, the, the, the Devin Hollins, the DeAndres, the Clinks, the Calvins, the ILOs. Um, so strong contingent of uh, Southern California dudes. Is Joey Bose Southern California? Yeah, I think so. He went to, I think he went to modern day. Um, you know, so one he, of the Southern California uh, powerhouses out here. Yeah. Wait, so, so Greg, what, so then what did Coach White do? CB Dub, by the way, what did he do that got you? Because I had Bradford. And I was already going because Wisconsin was the only big school for me. So I was in and no one else was coming in late. Like Penn State already said no. And that's an e- the only East Coast, Northeast Coast that like mattered. But I would, I always like would wonder what would Greg Root say to like a young Matt Bernstein to get me excited about Wisconsin? Although probably anything. But Greg, what did he say to you? What did Coach White say? I mean, he came, he came to my campus um we had some interesting conversations at highland high school where 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 i was going to school um but then he came by the crib you know we we barbecued we we did what we do in southern california we were grilling out um carne asada uh he talked to to me about being the whole person you know he talks about football is only one component to the triangle uh you know there's an education and social aspect to it um as well and i think you know being badgers we can all certainly agree to that but then uh you know, he talked to my parents. I think my mom had like a slight uh, crush on him. <laughs> he was he was doing his thing, you know, talking about futures and what football could look like. And, you know, he was a Harvard educated uh, quarterback. So he talked a lot about futures. He talked about football. He talked about what a degree from the University of Wisconsin could do. Um, all these positive things. And I mean, it was just, uh, you know, an amazing, amazing experience to, ha- to be recruited by somebody like him and then to ultimately get out there. Then the the comedy and the funny stuff came, you know, later came on after. in meeting rooms and at practices for sure. So great. So you get the you. So in January you show up, and that's when you fall in love with you fall in love with campus. You fall in love with Wisconsin. Absolutely, yeah. So and, okay, and, so, and also, uh, you know, uh, Jermaine Lewis is from where I was from. He was a tailback for UCLA when they were playing in Rose Bowls against Wisconsin and against Ron Bain. So. You know, I, I was watching my childhood hero, Jermaine Lewis, go up in the in the in the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, look at this defense. Wow. Look at Ron Dane. Like, um, you know, if I was a fan of the Big Ten, it would be the Penn States of the world. But getting to watch Wisconsin play against a childhood hero was a was a major component to the wow factor as well. Did you play with so, the Demps oh, brothers in high school? I did. Yeah. Um, so Marcus Demps was the same year as me. Um, good friend of mine. And then Will Demps, his older brother was, you know, one of the best to do it at Highland, my high school. And, you know, I think he ultimately, um, won a Super Bowl, played for the Giants, the Ravens, et cetera. Yeah. That's what I, I thought. I thought those guys were from, from your neck of the woods. They are. We play, we play good ball out in the, in the desert, in the Palmdale area, for sure. You, that is, that is true. A lot of, a lot of good guys from the LA or not even just LA from California for a lot of schools, but from ours. A lot of good dudes. So, all right. So, Greg, so so January, I mean, was your trip fun? Like, IL is a pretty interesting cat. Yeah, of course. I mean, how much, uh, how much detail can we get into? Um, You can go as deep as you want. (laughs) It is a PG. Allie's mom listens. Believe me, I get the text. She was very unhappy with um, the amount of bleeps that we had with Dantes. Although I told her I only had one. 
But yeah. so you can go. We I'll bleep have, out curse words. So I'll probably have less beeps than than Don says. <laughs> well, uh, that's not saying much. Natu- I mean, yeah, right? Naturally. But um, you know, Mrs. Fitzgerald, like I'll try and keep the the swearing to a to a minimum if I if I can for sure. Um, but, but, but what was your but, yeah? What's yeah, Iello? With, with, yeah. with Iello, it was it was really fun. I think um, I think Joe Chose like gave me his uh, his student ID so I could get into some establishments. Um, we went out and had a good time. Um, showed me the ropes of uh, State Street and Madison a little bit. Couldn't believe that the towers is where they put. Um, youngsters in in the 608 area not uh, anymore right exactly like if i was in charge of logistics that might be a little bit um i'm different but then you know we got to go to uh coach alvarez's house and you know i thought it was interesting like he he talked to me about particular plays on my film and things that he liked like so he was talking to me about the x's and o's of football but then also like tez said you know i, I listened to, to tez's version um of uh, going to Alvy's house. And it was the same thing. It was the aura of being at Coach Alvarez's house, his family being there, um, going down to into his basement, seeing the history of Wisconsin. Um, so just an overall, you know, amazing, amazing experience. And I couldn't wait to be a part of it. And get, Did they recruit you as a linebacker home. or as, as a fullback? I, ca- I came here as a linebacker. So in, uh, in the 2001 recruiting class, I think John Gillen and I were the linebackers. And then um, – ultimately switched to fullback during the Alamo Bowl practices that next season. Wait, Greg, did you, 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 did you show up in July? When did you show up for like, I, like, I think like June, like early, like as <laughs> soon as cats were in the reach, I was there. Oh yeah. man. What was that like? I mean, I got to run, uh, I got to watch Lyle get off an airplane and then go run stadiums. <laughs> Lyle was a, a very large Hawaiian man who, yeah. I mean, I didn't come in in shape, and I thought I was. And I don't think anyone can come in shape. Yeah, in so, the summer. I'm yeah from like a from like a weightlifting perspective. Getting there that summer, it was like, all right, we're gonna squat, we're gonna bench. Like I, you know, I I know about this. Um, but you know, running ten or twelve stadiums, especially when you know seeing the linemen do it, I was like, wow, this is another another level. And then you know, seeing getting to know JD, um, you know, John Detman, our strength coach. Uh, just an incredible, dynamic, um, intense personality. You know, he like on on Tuesdays or Fridays, burn like he'd be like stations. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just a, it was a whole it was a whole new level of intensity. Um, when we first showed up, we hadn't even started college classes yet, and we were doing intense, intense D one college football workouts, and then trying to get an extra and do even more. So. It was really, really fun. Um, it was new for me. I was from Southern California, a very interesting and diverse area. Um, going to Wisconsin and, you know, having Kleber, Jeff Lang, Bob Doherty in D.C. in the room next to me, like, was a little bit different. Like, you know. Um, all Wisconsin group- guys. Yeah, all, all Wisconsin, Wisconsin All Wisconsin dudes. But at the same time, our team was pretty nationally recruited so i think a lot of us were from very different areas than wisconsin we're all going through it for the first time together we're all being away from home and two thousand miles from me um in a very different area with very different demographics and um you know additions to the community but all going through it together was the fun part and the unique part what i love about sports is it kind of supersedes anything all baggage Yep. All anything, religion, backgrounds, the whole nine. You're a part of a team. Doesn't matter what the dude looks like. 
that's your teammate. And I find that people really gravitate towards that. And I mean, I did, you do like, I love it. Like these dudes are my brothers, no matter where you came from out of Cleveland, out of Palmdale, it doesn't matter. I, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's one of the things I utilize in my professional career to this day. Um, you know, you know, Tom Brady might be the best football player of all time, but if there are 11 Tom Brady's on the, on the field at once, that team's getting smoked. You know, you, you need a quarterback, you need tackles, you need wide receivers, you need running backs. And the more background, the more experienced from the different places that they're at, um, all trying to reach one common goal, you're going to have more success. And I think that's true in athletics, especially because it's very tangible, you know, in between the the white lines, but it's, it's, it's true in the professional world and the business world and the nonprofit world. Also, I agree. I, I just found it was so fun to, to meet guys from different places and just talk to them about like, where are you from? Like, what's your yeah. story? I just find it. I just found it so interesting. And that's what I think Matt Perkins and I love about this podcast is, one, we do a lot of Wisconsin football, which is amazing. Greg, you should start a basketball one. No, I think it'd be hilarious. But it's just so it's just so fun. It's it's just so fun to hear about what people are doing, what their experiences were, and why Wisconsin. Like, you know, like looking back as an 18-year-old, I would have never thought one second. If Penn State said, I want you, I would have never even thought about it. But the fact that it happened is so cool. And it happened in so many random ways for so many random people that it's special. And we're all badgers because of it. And I can't imagine being anything but a badger. Like but I, like diehards. <laughs> diehards. And, and not being from there and not even <laughs> living there now. We are more diehard badger than probably half the state, which which is fine. But it's I think it's hilarious. It's, we are diehard. And it's also fun being a fan because I think when we were growing up, like, I consider consider myself a Laker fan and a Kobe fan, but like I watched games on the weekend when I wasn't playing a sport, you know, we were playing the sport. We were always working out. We weren't fans at all. Like we weren't watching every single game. Now as a true Badger fan, I get to watch every single hoops game and get to know these dudes and, you know, be critical of Greg guard at times for his, uh, you know, what he's doing on offense, but like being a true fan of sports is really, really fun. And being a Badger fan, especially. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. All right, let's go back, Greg. All right. So you're you're so you're on campus. What I mean, JD's a very interesting guy. Yeah. What's it like meeting him for the first time? If it was during your recruiting visit, which I thought was he was kind of normal. And then what's it like meeting him the second time? That's a really good question. I think um in high school, you know, I, we we all probably had tough coaches or whatever, but the reason why we were division one scholarship athletes is because we held ourselves accountable and, and worked hard and were intense by nature probably. But I don't think any of us were prepared or ready for the intensity that one John JD Detman provided. Um, you know, he had accountability written all over him. If you were, if you were anything closer than 15 minutes before your lift, you were late. So you, you had to be extremely early or else you were late. Um, he was a, a subject matter expert. Like he really knew what he was doing, um, especially when it came to like leg strength and explosion strength and hang cleans and all of the, you know, a lot, a lot of times I think before JD, you know, you lift legs and that was it at, at Wisconsin, we were doing legs, you know, two and three times a week and uh, recovery was really, really important and talking to us about nutrition and, and um, different ways that we can enhance our strength. So 
I, I love everything about him. I still love him. Um, but he was for sure an intense, intense individual. And like, I, I think in football, like you always got away from your coaches, but you can't, you couldn't get away from JD. Even in the off season, we were seeing him five times a week, you know, at five 30 or six in the morning. It was like, we couldn't escape this dude, you know? That's right. We had bot on and I was like, bot, you knew us better than anyone because you were there almost 360. Like how many, we only had three weeks off after finals in the winter in December. And then maybe four weeks if you're lucky, but usually three weeks in the summer. It's like that dude, I was like, bot, you were around us almost six days a week, seven days a week on Sundays during the season. But then in the off season, it's five days a week all day. Yeah. I don't think people get it. Like I knew bot and JD, they were like two dudes that were constants. Like no matter what happened in the world, those guys were always there. Two dudes that were constants. And remember that first winter conditioning, that was like the first time we had made a bowl game in a long time. And I, and I think like since, you know, that Oh one year. So that winter, our first winter conditioning started early and had a, uh, component of like anger to it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just remember being in the weight room. I've told this story and also I'll, I'll make it quick when, when JD walked it. So we, we, we didn't go to a bowl game. It's the, it's like the day after we're not going and JD walks in and everyone, we used to sit on the, 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 uh, the ab rollout balls. Like what are those big yeah. balls called? Whatever they are, <laughs> whatever those big balls are, um, yeah. the, the ab roll or balls, We'd be sitting on that or sitting on one of the machines watching one person do because only one person could go on the uh, the platforms on a Monday. We would do hand clean, power clean. J.D. walks in, stops, like freezes. Everyone's sitting down. He just starts screaming at the top. He's like, everyone get up. Don't, you know, very colorful language. You didn't, you know, I didn't get a bonus. I didn't. We're not going to a bowl. You guys suck. Don't no one can sit down. That's when the yawning thing happened too. Like if you yeah. yawned, you had yeah, to do push 25 up. push-ups. Yeah. And then it turned out like if you yawned anywhere in Madison and someone saw you, you had to do push-ups. It just became like this ridiculous thing. But so I do agree with you. Also, he's like, we're not doing three days a week during finals. We're doing four days. So like we were working out during finals. Like not saying he didn't care. He just, I think you're right. People were pissed. When we got back, people were throwing up from doing shotguns. That was a hard, you know, JD ran the show and that was a hard um, off season of working out. It was a very hard off season. What what do you give us like every once in a while, like years later in the summer, like a throw a dog, a bone day. Like I I don't think we ever got like a throw a dog, a bone day that went that, that winter conditioning whatsoever. But throw a dog, a bone day was like, you're not going to do 20 minutes of, you know, uh, jump rope. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, you're just not going to do something today. It was, so Matt, every I've totally forgot about this. Every so often, JD would be like, "All right, I'm going to give you guys a bone today, and you're not going to go up and run, or you're not going to go do um, jump rope ladder hex." You know, it's like a 30 minute thing. Jump rope ladder hex was actually very quick but very intense. Mm-hmm. And when he would throw you a bone, it was like the best thing in the world because we never expected it. Like you never expected that to ever happen. I love jump rope ladder hex, by the way, because I still run ladders every now and again at the gym. And like, people think I, I like, I have a little like shred of athletic ability. Cause like, whoa, you can really like get through these ladders quick. But if you hit the ladder, do you go, do you restart? I mean, no, I don't. I'll yeah. Be- <laughs> <laughs> you know, JD sometimes would be in a bad mood that if you hit the ladder, we would start the whole thing over again. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and, not, and listen, I, we're painting a bad picture. JD, I, he was actually an inspiration when I was on campus. Like, 
I absolutely loved every second being around him. He yep. pushed you harder than your body. You thought your mind could do it. And I think that actually made us better football players. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he was the coach. If there was any coach that pushed you beyond the limits that you had for yourself, it was JD mm -hmm. and it was every single day, you know? So you, and, and I thought, I think they had a, a major component on how we got better because we were pushed past our limit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then, so when spring ball came and it was inside drill, it was like, Oh, we got three periods of this. It's whatever, you know, we've been doing winter conditioning this whole entire time. <laughs> we've been doing winter conditioning. Well, thank God we're out of winter conditioning. We can we're finally go to practice. Yeah, exactly. Like when spring ball came, it was like, this is a cakewalk. Let's go, man. Let's hit people. Finally. <laughs> I completely, it, you know, it, the first year was tough. I mean, I, I thought it was tough because you're, you're in the mix of school trying to figure out like buildings and places and you're on the football team, which is the expectation there is huge. Even for being on the scout team, it's through the roof working out. You could never be late. Like you had 20 monitors, you know, like you had 20 dads there. Like you had Barry, you had coach Brian white, you had, um, JD, but who else? I, uh, yeah. Coach sins. Yeah. Like miss Mary from an academic standpoint. I mean, make oh, sure yeah, Doug. yeah, Doug T. I mean, making sure we're getting the study table. Jerry Darda was, you know, was, <laughs> <laughs> was coming through the locker room to, to get with cats, you know? Um, like, so I appreciate nice. all the academic, uh, folks that we had making sure we stayed on track. Cause I, I certainly needed it. That's for sure. Greg. So what do you have any really good stories about a JD experience? I mean, I'll, I don't want to swear, but one time when we were going to do stations, he did go like this. He go, stations. This gets my hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, he's you know what he's in the he was in the perfect job for what excited him because um, he was he was excited to do those things. I, Greg, I have a well. So let me just. What about hey, what about when Vaughn was hanging out with us during summer conditioning that one time, and and JD found out that Vaughn was hanging out with us and just let him have it, dude. Like he cursed him out bad, man. Like it was rough. <laughs> Wait, what? What? One of my favorite things about the if you got on JD's good side, yeah, you could call in if you were late or if you wanted to change your lift. You could mm -hmm. call in and there was like a red emergency phone that the light would blink and it would ring loud. And he'd yep. pick up, hey, oh, hey, Brooks, yeah, come in later. It doesn't matter. Only the guys who could, you know, like I never called that phone because I just never thought I was that guy. I thought we had a respect, respectful thing. I also never wanted to call that phone. I might have. So that phone's in the weight room. Everyone can hear it. Greg, you called in 2006. Or you you called up like out of the blue. You're not even part of the team. It's my favorite, one of my favorite Greg Root stories. I have some that will not tell, but and you called you like, hey JD, I'm not going to be there today. What did he say to you? He, so it's that's funny. Um, you graduated already. Yeah, like I I mean I don't even know if I had graduated already, but I was certainly done playing ball. Um, it took it took me a while to graduate. Um, but uh, like I actually was a bouncer and was working at Wando's. And I think uh, like Victor Mextroth and I um, had come up with the like the brilliant idea to to call every once. In a while. I think sometimes like we drive over there and like see what was going on. And um, you know, I, I I called JD and like and I was I was like you like I never 
called that phone and and JD and I were in good graces, um, probably due to work ethic and just, you know, being consistent and things like that. Uh, but I called, you know, in 06, just to mess with him. I saw him like right before the pandemic at a game and reminded him about that. And he was cracking the hell up. Um, but like, he, he just started like cussing me out and then laughed at the very end, you know, doing what JD does, yeah, like <laughs> acting like he's being intense in front of the rest of the players, but still, um, had fun out of it and started laughing at the very end. All right. So Greg, so you, so you came in as a linebacker. Yeah. What, what made, what made the switch happen? I think um, we were going into Alamo Bowl uh, practices and, you know, our, our guy Russ was going to probably graduate after that year. And um, there needed to be some depth um, behind you. And uh, I think at linebacker, we had the, you know, the Nick Grisons, the Jeff Max, the Alex Lewis's of the world. And, you know, I, I saw an opportunity to, to get on the field and travel and play and, you know, you know, play fullback like you were and, and be in coach white's meeting room and, and learn from coach white. So I, w- I, th- I thought it was a win-win um, provided some depth um, gave you a backup. And then also for me, you know, just to get into coach white's um, meeting room and be able to travel and get on the field and letter and, and things like that. I was, I was amped up about it. So, okay. So we talked about coach white's meeting room. Right. One of the funnest <laughs> places to be, also, listen, now, also intense. Coach White was a, um, he expected you to do everything perfect. What is a perfectionist? Yep. You know, like he'd sit there and be like, yo, Burn, what's your landmark on this play? Yeah. What's your first step? What's, you better be high inside. You better not be cut, making cuts in space. Yeah. You know? He had a lot of like, you know, things, things that you had to do. Um, and we would joke all the time about it because if you look at any pin or any picture that I'm in holding a football, it's high and tight. Even if even if it's like for you know the pin that they gave my parents. That's and that's that's what you that's what you curl for it to lift it up <laughs> to the football gods, whatever yeah. that is. <laughs> so one of my favorite stories is and I've we've told this the Russ Coons comes in and no no coach white comes in Russ scares him to death at camp. What what are some of the funny stories you remember? <laughs> I got there, there's so many that one was so hilarious because like I think he had a chew in his mouth when when Russ was hiding behind the door and like it scared him half half the death Jesus Christ Russ <laughs> yeah. that one was horrible but like I mean there's some of the random ones I remember when we were playing Illinois he's like this week we got Illinois they're gonna throw all kinds of spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks and I'm just like I don't even know what that means coach why what are you talking about can we get back can we get back to jump cuts and high and tight and like the terminology that I, I really can feel. And then one time I I think it was like, it was like an offensive team meeting and it was during spring ball or something. Like it seemed less formal, like everybody in offense was there. And he's like, you know what? When I think about personality, I think about Tony Pichotti. And I'm just like, I was like, we got B will, we got burn. We got sword. Like you think about Tony Pichotti when it comes to person, like nothing, nothing against Tony Pichotti. Like he had plenty of personality, but that quote was hilarious. Like it was just nonstop comedy. Um, you know, for me, especially like he would, he would get on me. Jesus Christ, Rootsky, quit being such a robot out there. <laughs> like a pop tart. That was one of yeah, my pop tart. Yeah, burn your pop tart. You're you, don't be a pop tart. You're going to kill yourself out there. Russ. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he was all over Russ. Was Russ, is over like, Russ is like, how should I hit him with my face? And he's like, no. And he's like, what about, but with my face? And he's like, yeah, 
was like, Russell, did it make sense? Like with your hands, then your face. And Russ would amp him up too. Be like, how, how'd you like that? <laughs> Didn't like it at all, Russ. <laughs> he would, he'd sit there and just be like, hey, coach, that was a good block, right? That was a good block. We'd all sit there like, dude, just stop, man. <laughs> Russ, Russ is a, le- a, you know, Badger fullback and meeting room legend, you know. Legend. Legend. He's Russ is most likely one of the most special people I've ever been around during, during, during that, those four years. No. Cause we only had him for what? Two, two years yep. during those two years. I, I, I found myself like absolutely enamored with Russ and also scared of Russ. And also like, I probably should never hang out with this guy, but I hung out with him every weekend. Yeah. About we the went, same. <laughs> Oh my God. I can't even, my freshman year, my brother came to visit and Russ is like, you guys want to hang out? Okay. So we went, my brother's in high school. So we went, you know, we're at the towers. Russ picked me up in his car and we, he's like, we're going to go to this sorority um, uh, dance. And I'm like, we're not invited. We can't just go. He's like, nah, don't worry. We showed up in sweatshirt and pants and boots and everyone was dressed up in, you know, suits. I'm like, Russ, what are we doing? He's like, oh, who cares? Let's go take a shot at the bar. So we drank uh, too much. I was like, that was the most fun night I've ever had. Russ is crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah. He, he's definitely fearless and like had no cares of consequences or what others thought or felt. That's for sure. And I think that like, you know, in certain uh, scenarios, that can be a very, very good thing, but not in all scenarios. Uh. I would agree. If he's got your back, though. Yeah, exactly. I was at him, you, and like Clink. I could do anything in the whole world and I'd feel completely safe. Like no one could hurt me like at all. Me, yeah, the feeling yeah. mutual. If I was hanging out with you, Clink, and Russ, like I'd feel like I was in decently good shape to go against any four. Like the whole bar? Walking Three the bars? Earth. No, yeah. walking the earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyone walking the earth. Uh, mine is like John Wick, but. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients support gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. And that's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. Athletic Greens. Take ownership of your health. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, so you make the switch. You're in the meeting rooms. Who else is in the meeting rooms with you? I mean, I know this, but like, who are they? How how nice is it to be around some of these dudes? Like, how funny are they? I mean, you you were in these rooms with me, so you're you're very well aware of uh, the cast of characters that we that we did have. Um, obviously, on the fullback side, there was you, and then ultimately, uh, Rhett Meester, um, and and Press Chris Presley. Mm-hmm. And then on on the tailback side, we had BC, we had Booker, we had Jamil, we had 
my guy Aaron Naye, <laughs> Bill Fuller, um, Dwayne Smith, who is incredible, incredibly talented. And then, of course, the elder statesman, A.D., and Pet. Um, so just really dudes from, like, all over the country, you know, Texas, Jersey, New York, California, um, Book um, was from Milwaukee. Um, just an unbelievable meeting room, an unbelievable group. Uh, on the bell curve of personalities, there were dudes right in the middle, all the way to the right, all the way to the left, and everything in between. And you know, some of the some of the best times of my life in Madison are just cracking jokes with you guys in the running backs room. And then also, you know, being able to be coached by Coach White, who is like a savant of the running back position and just to soak up all of his education and knowledge. It was, it was so fun. It was so fun. He really is a savant of the running backs room. He is. I mean, he's coached some of the best fullbacks and tailbacks to ever play at Wisconsin for a long time. Yeah. I mean, Heisman trophy winners, um, you know, several pros, unbelievable fullbacks year after year, after year, after year. And, and uh, I think, you know, the reason why a lot of them get a lot better, you know, there's the, there's the education in the film room. Um, you know, then on the, on the practice field, there's his communication style. Um, and it's always about, you know, strategy and getting better and not making mistakes and improving day in and day out. And I think you put that all together, you're going to get some really, really great results. And then you mix in like Anthony Davis and yeah. it's just fun to play football. It's I mean, being around AD still to this day is, is amazing. Um, he was an incredible, you know, tailback, but even way better friend um, and leader, kind of a, a pure mentor. Um, and was just so much fun to be around. Yeah. Like he made practice fun. Yeah. His practice could suck and he would just say something to you that was funny. If Weightlifting we had, sucked and he could make it funny. I mean, if we had 26 periods and it was like 15 degrees and we were outside or something, like practice is going to suck. You know, and uh, sitting there with AD is just pure comedy. Like all, all those Coach White impressions that I just did, like I'll give myself like a 7.5 or an 8 and I'll give AD like an 11. Like he's he's nasty with the Coach White impressions. I don't know if you guys have had him on. I've, I've watched a lot of these, um, but I don't know if I've seen AD's uh, Coach White impressions. We got to I got to check those out. We had we, AD we, on. I don't know if he did too many Coach White impressions. I'll have to go back and take a look. I think we need to get a round table. Like yeah. UBC, AD, me. Booker. Book. I mean, if we can get Booker, that'd be, I mean, that'd be, that'd be too funny. I, there are so many things we cannot say on uh, on this that happened. Like, you know. You hear, I mean, so I, as someone who was a student at the time, you know, I'm, I, I'm y'all's age. As a student at the time, you heard a lot of things about Book, but you never knew quite what was true and what wasn't true. And that's, I'm just going to leave it at that. I was his roommate, so I know. <laughs> okay, so then what, what? what's your craziest Booker story that you can tell on the air? Man. You know, I I don't know if I can tell some of them on there, but like, <laughs> you know, I was, I was there in Mifflin when, when, when he was getting into it. Um, you know, his, his family would come through, which was always really, really fun. Um, he had little brothers and little sisters and I'm a, I'm a sneakerhead. Um, so, you know, each time that they came through, they got to pick out a pair or two and, you know, they, they got to leave with some like exclusive sneakers. So that's certainly like a, a favorite story of mine with book. Um, but you know, burn, I think deep down, like, you know, book is a great, great, good dude. 
Um, he's just had some pretty incredible challenges in life. And, you know, I think he's still trying to get through some of those. There's a lot of guys who played with me on a lot of mistakes and had Myself a lot included. of things. Yeah. 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 And had a lot of mistakes that were, that were public and not great. And, you know, I'm, I wish I haven't heard, I haven't seen book in forever though. So yeah. I do wish him the best. I just, I haven't, I haven't seen him. Yep. Um, all right. So the, so the RB room. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to lunch with Dwayne on Thursday, by the way, I'm flying to Chicago tomorrow. Are so you I'm really? Gonna, That's I'm awesome. Gonna see, yeah. I'm going to see, I'm going to see one of the dog pound hammerback members on, yeah. on Thursday. Wait, go, oh, <laughs> the dog pound. That was our, that was our thing. We we're the dog pound. Yeah. I love it. The hammerbacks, like Coach White always had like these cool, funny, I don't know, like metaphors that we would we would use, but and we would joke about it, but it became such a good joke that we kept it going forever. The dog pound was tight because I was a Highland Bulldog, you know, in high school. So we considered ourselves the dog pound to begin with. And, and then also, you know, obviously the 90s, you know, hip hop group out of out of Long Beach is is the dog pound. So I was all for the dog pound. <laughs> well, I was all for it too. For, I, I guess not for any of those reasons, but I just loved it anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, wait, so Greg, so let's get into it. So, you know, you got some time um, playing in 03. You got some time. So you got some time in 03. What was that like to, to get on the field at Wisconsin? It was awesome. Um, I loved it. You know, I just wanted to contribute. Everything in my life wasn't going outstandingly great at the time. I, I, I had some stuff going on at home. Um, School was always difficult for me and, and as an undergrad um, and, you know, just socially, I was unprepared to be on State Street, you know, for the first four or five years of my, of my college experience. So um, everything wasn't always going great for me at those times, but to get on the field was an incredible stress reliever. That's what I was there for. Um, I wanted to contribute to the team. I wanted to get excited. I wanted to hit people. Um, I wanted to run as fast as I possibly could in the, you know, Illini linebackers as much as I could. So it, it was just, it was awesome to, to finally play fullback and then, um, you know, utilize all the things that coach white and you, my peers had, had taught me. So it was, it was an incredible experience. Listen, I loved, I loved when you got on the field. Yeah. I used to come off and be like, dude, uh, to Henry Mason, I'd be like, yo, put root in. And he's like, no, no you're still up. I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going back yeah. in today. I got hit so hard once in UNC. I was like, dude, my game's over. I mean, this is it for me. It was a fourth <laughs> quarter, like 10 minutes on that. I'm like, we're up by 40 points. You don't. I, I was going to go in there and bang. I was going to go in there and bang heads no matter what, you know? Yeah. But I loved, I love coming off and be like, Hey, Hey, coach Mason, you're in, you know, roots. Yeah. Yeah. He's in. Um, all right. So let's, so what I think is so special is all the things you were saying is you learned, you know, you, you internalized all the coachings and everything. We get to the Penn State game in 04. Yeah. One of the best nights of, I would say, our collective lives. What, what you know, like, what's going through your mind pregame? Like, like I'm, I didn't eat. I didn't do anything. Like, what what are you thinking going into that? I mean, pre, you know, pregame, as you know, you're my, my hotel roommate. Um, <laughs> and you snore louder than anyone I've ever uh, experienced. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. I don't sleep on my back anymore. <laughs> Nah, so I was going to say, like, I was experiencing lack of sleep now, but I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> you probably were. No, nah, but I mean, incredible meal and uh, and movie and cookies, though. So I, I, was, I was in good shape. But, um, you know, I mean, I'm always amped up and ready 
for games. I'm ready to contribute if if called upon. Um, I think Penn State was a huge game. You know, Raz was out there wrecking shop. I think game day was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I knew, yeah, yeah. I think um, I knew it was going to be a big game. So I prepared and was ready if if called upon, but had no idea, you know, it was going to be such a special night for you and got to, you know, unbelievably kind of contribute to that. So it was a special night, man. Dude, not just contribute. I mean, you were a huge part of it. Yeah. I mean, we did, we almost ran 21 exclusively, which is two running back, which is a fullback and a tailback. But Greg, so, because I remember Coach White coming, he's like, dude, you're in, you're a tailback. He's like, there's nobody else. And I was like, hey, Greg, let's go, buddy, you and me. Like, let's do like, it. Let's do it. I was like, let's go. Let's, let's do go. It. And so, you know, <laughs> the first play we run is, is a counter. Yeah, like a 27 counter, yeah. Counter. But my favorite play, obviously a big one because, you know, it was, it was highlighted. But what I think is so special, and we've talked about this, is Matt Perkins and I, dude, you uh, we ran 25 Bob. I've, I've been in the game. I've run that play thousands of times. They n- hardly ever blitz. Mm-hmm. You knew what to do when they blitz. I've been yelled at for not knowing. You knew what to do. I think that's so special because we never really practiced that happening. What's that play like for you? Like, what are you thinking about in your brain when you see the D end and the tackle kind of slant down and the outside linebacker blitz off the edge? I mean, it's, it seems like, Oh yeah, I should pick that guy up, but it's not that easy. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the coolest things about that Penn state game is that we were going against the Paul Puzlesnys and the Tomba Ali's of the, of the world. And, you know, whether it was a 27 power, 25 Bob, like, we were in those coach white meeting rooms and we had three and four periods of inside drill against an incredible defense that year in 04 um, with the Razzes and the J dubs and Tez at linebacker and, you know, bobblehead on the outside, but like our whole D line went to the league basically that year. Um, so I, I would say like between being in those meeting rooms um, going up against our defense in practice, like I, I stayed ready. So I didn't have to get ready, you know, and um, on a 25 Bob, I think they, they had that blitz come and, you know, I was ready to make a block and, 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 and it was cool because as soon as some of those blocks happened and they were good blocks that whole entire game, as soon as they happened, I got to see you like running right past me. And I was like, man, this is so tight. I was like, so amped up that you were getting mad yards and I was blowing up incredible, incredible football players that, you know, played a long time in the NFL, man. So if I had a hot tub time machine, I would go back to that night any day of the week and, and relive that. So would I, uh, I quite yeah. frankly, because <laughs> I'm still Bernie. Like I, that was my first year on campus was 2004. And that, you know, game day was in town. It was so, I'm from a tiny town in New Hampshire, right? Like I'd never experienced anything like this. I'd gone to the football games, everything like that. Like the first couple of weeks, but that was like the fourth game of the season. And I all nighter the night before, like one of the first nights that I really like got after it in Madison, a shy kid you know and man that was just an unbelievable experience in the crowd like in the crowd like everyone just like chanting for bernie like going absolutely crazy when he comes out at tailback in the second half and yeah i mean that was like the the feeling i've i've talked about this before there's a couple games that like always stick with me it's that one in the michigan game under the lights with the stocko sneak um or stocko draw i should say you know, where just like the energy within the stadium, like feels like a little bit different. Right. And like, what is your sort of recollection of, you know, any of those games where it sort of like felt a little bit different down on the field? 
that's that's certainly the one at Camp Randall for me. Like when I think about the energy and how amazing our fan bases and you know if I could go back to any night in Madison like seeing Aaron Andrews at Wando's you know like that was that was the total package of like what Camp Randall and what Madison and what Wisconsin Badgers football is all about um is that game like just the whole entire energy uh it was it was I can't even put it into words it was so amazing I think the other game I think of is when um when Rob Beasy hit uh, Kyle Orton and Sparky picked that up and ran that fumble back in uh, West Lafayette and then Tez tackled him in the end zone. Um, that was that was a different energy for an away game against Purdue. Um, and just I guess just an unbelievable play that no one really, really expected to happen that changed the fortunes of multiple teams futures on one play. You know, so those those two teams, those two games come to mind for sure. Rick, how how excited were your parents and your family after that game? And and Palmdale, I'm sure you got a lot of calls. Like, how how cool was that? It was so cool. Like, my uncle had come to the game, um, so it was super exciting. Uh, you know, I talked to my to my mom and my dad after the game, and my brother and sister, and um, they were just amped up. They were, I mean, you know, they were excited for me. Um, it was kind of like a, a dream um, to play D1 football and to go to the Badgers, and then to get in a very, very meaningful game um, and then to go out there and perform well against really, really good competition and get a, I mean, get a dub is the most important thing. And to, to see you do your thing. Like my family was amped up and so was, you know, Palmdale was too, you know, dude. I got, Palmdale, I, got Palmdale, baby. I got Palmdale on my back. Like I'm in the squat rack. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you said, you said you saw Aaron Andrews. What was that yeah. night? Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Look, I, I don't think we can get into all the specifics of that night. Um, but I think she was there. Um, Fowler was there. I think uh, Herb, Herb Street was there. Herb Street and Zalewski got into like who's better at playing NCAA or something like that. Like they were, you know, Zoo, Zoo's a, a fired up, uh, passionate individual himself. So I don't think he was letting Herb Street have any of it. So they were going back and forth, and Zoo wanted to like maybe potentially like harm him physically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want the harm of physically. I think it was more of like he said, like um, more bravado. Yeah. If if I rem- if my, if I remember correctly, he's like, dude, you're just on TV because you're pretty. Yeah. And Herb Street's like, I'm just gonna tell the nation you're slow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Something> like <that. laughs> but I think that really made him mad. If and I like, remember uh, correctly, and maybe there were some components of truth to both of them. <laughs> um, I remember partying at Wando's on the second floor with, with, with those guys. Yeah. What's funny is looking back on it, we left to go to the KK when we could have just partied with Herb street all night. Like why on earth would we leave? Cause we're, we're so process oriented. Like right. it was like, it was going to be red shed Wando's KK, no matter what, no and, matter what, you know, we had, we had to reach our goals. Um, <laughs> quota. You have to hit three bars at least. <laughs> like, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, Aaron Andrews got me a shot that night. Like, or, I don't know if she got me a shot, but I took a shot with Aaron Andrews. And um, I don't think you know, 21 year old me should have left that particular situation or scenario. But you know, we always wind up at the K. I think um, always we're going to be at the K at 12:45 or one for the last hour, or at least the last half hour. And you know, that night was was no different. And I think, uh, at that time I was living at the collegiate was like next to the KK. Um, so it was easy. It was an easy trip home after the K too, which is always a good thing. Yeah. I, I don't remember making many after bars. 
I remember passing out on the like in my bed almost every time, waking up, figuring out how how on earth I got there. Um, yeah. So okay. So that that night's super special. But that then you graduated. Yeah. And you you moved on. You said it took you a little bit while to to kind of what to graduate. Yeah. Yep. But you got it done. Yeah. And you went on to to what get a four point at at your MBA. Yeah. So what? So I and I got a four point in um, grad school also. So wait, why was it so difficult for us as as young kids? And why and why was it so much easier? I guess I don't say easier, but why was it different than for you? And and what would you give yourself advice if you could go back? I mean, that's a, there's a bunch of complex questions <laughs> included in that one. Um, I think why undergraduate was difficult for me is because a we were there to play ball you know school was kind of secondary or even third or fourth on the list in in many of our minds and um i think when you when you focus on something you're going to have a lot better results if i could if i could go back um i'd certainly focus on those more mental spiritual social components to college life and get even better at that at a at an early age um, and then, you know, later on, uh, the MBA success was, uh, I wanted to be there, you know, I wanted to learn this stuff. Um, it was really imperative to, you know, my professional career and, and the mission and values and goals of what I wanted to do in the world. And, um, I took it really, really seriously and I went hard at it. So I think anytime you provide, and I think we're smart, you know, like I think a lot of our teammates and, and you, especially, you know, we're actually like gifted, smart human beings. And that has a lot to do with our grades too. Um, but effort's a major component. I, you know what? I would agree. Cause I, I definitely, my effort was probably 50% and that showed in my grade. I got a lot of C pluses and B's and B minuses, which is 50% of, but I also think that there's so much out, like there's so much football and working out and all the components that go with that, that you don't have more than 50%, like your effort can only take you so far. I'm not a genius like Posiac and AD where like these dudes can just go to class and they're like, boom, getting an A. I need to do like 10,000 other things and, and there's just no way to do it. Yeah. Like you can't take care of your body, go to class, work out, go to practice. Like it's just. Yeah. And you by know, the way, we're going to the Red Shed, Wando's and KK. And there's by the way, more women than I've ever seen in my whole entire life. You know? And more booze that kind of came very cheap at the time. Very cheap. Very. I remember giving uh, $40 to someone at the KK and I got $40 in change back <laughs> for like 10 beers. I was like, this is the best place in the world. I've never yeah. not covered here. I mean, I certainly have several days uh, walking around with basic pocket change to my name, you know, maybe 17 <laughs> or $19 and still having a very, you know, successful night out. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> very successful. Um, so Greg, I know we're running out of time, but hit us with some of like your favorite memories of Madison. Like, do you have any great memories of class? Um, I mean, I do. I, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think the, the memories keep on getting better. One of the best things about being a Badger is getting to do this. Um, you know, I got to go to Madison this year to watch, you know, Johnny play in a hoops game. I'm going to Milwaukee on Friday and hopefully Sunday to do that. So like the, the memories um, and being a Badger are still continuing, um, which is my favorite thing about it. But, you know, back then, um, some of the some of the best times in the class, I'm trying to think, uh, 
what about when we got called up, yeah when we got called up to atmospheric and oceanic sciences i think like od and tez were all in the same class they called me up on stage and the professor called me kept on calling me gordon i'm like my name yo, like my name's not gordon man what are you doing um so that that was a fun time in class uh you know all the folks that helped you that you don't realize that they're helping you until later on like the miss mary's um mary shill of the world um are incredibly great memories and times to look back at like she you know taught in two to three semesters of portuguese how many kids on our football team, you know, stayed eligible or got degrees due to her impact as a Portuguese teacher and tutor? You know, that's her that's her area of expertise. But what who, what she really was, was a, a mentor and a caretaker and make sure kids stayed out of trouble and got degrees. Um, so, I, I, you know, I love the Miss Marys, um, the heroes of our program that don't always get mentioned. Um, and those are my, some of my favorite things to look back at. We, we didn't have a, a, a psychologist which I think we really, some of us really needed. I would say every one of us needed. I mean, it's just so much the balance that, you know, even the, even people who you think were like squeaky clean needed some help at some point, And we just didn't have that. Now they do, which I'm, I really love. One of my favorite things, I think we were freshmen uh, at clap for credit or it was music. We'd all sit down every, you know, they would say sit five rows, five seats apart from each other. So we, all you'd see is football guys around the whole entire top. And I think Bob Doherty fell asleep on the ground with his cell phone on his chest and we just kept calling him and it was ringing, <laughs> ringing, ringing, ringing. And I, you can't stop laughing. You're also like, dude, how dumb is this kid? He couldn't, but he was so tired from five o'clock, you know, wake up. I mean, I kept calling him. Like I thought it was funny. The professor did not, you know, Lacrone was not very happy about it, but it was really kind of comical. Anytime uh, Spence would come to be like, uh, I don't think I saw Greg Root there today. You're like, no, he was there. No, 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 no. He was there. You have like 10 sure. guys be like, oh, I saw him. Yeah, for sure. He was there. So yeah. we, we always had each other's backs. I mean, that, Absolutely. You know, <laughs> Spence, I mean, Spence would have our backs too, man. It was Cav you had, had to look out for. So speaking of prank calls, like me and Devin Hollins would like call prank call Cav at study table and be like, this is coach Alvarez Cav, please get to my office right away. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, and then you like see his reactions and stuff. And so we were, we were always messing with him, man. Study table was, I hated that the most. <laughs> it was a forced two hour time period oh. to sit at the Fetzer and just try to study. Matt, we started our day at like five 30 for lift. Then we had classes at eight. Then meetings started at like two 30. Then you had practice. Then you had training table. So like we've been going since 5 a.m. And then like from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's study table. You know, like it's like, come on, man. Can I Just go home and study? Can I go home and study? And what's what's more annoying is my first semester, I was in academic to all Big Ten. So I was like, guys, let me out. <laughs> I was working for you. Let me out. <laughs> well, I was working for me as I took history for um, I took two musics and two um, military sciences like you could hardly mess this up. I mean, I, I found a way to mess things like that up because women's volleyball was in there at the same time and women's crew and all these other unique sports that, you know, I just wanted to be an extrovert and let, let these sports get to know me oh, as well. <laughs> I'm talking about, that's why I did well. I, I took these classes that were one, they were really interesting. Like military science, very yeah. interesting. It's like, where would you put bunkers on this Hill? You're like, dude, what? I'm like, I don't know, right here and here, and like the major kill box. You're like, this shit is really cool. I have, I really can't like, I mean, it's a little above what I'm, what I want to do in life, but 
Like, it's kind of cool. And I loved going. It was also a team sport. Like, these dudes were on a team. We were on, you know, this is a different team. So, and and that building's gone, which is kind of fun to go back and see, like, what you took a lot of class and they're gone. So, but, but, but when you say going, I remember Cav yelling at us a lot for talking to the volleyball girls, the soccer ball, soccer girls, like, whatever girls were in there, we were most likely talking to like, Oh, what are you studying? Oh, we're not in the same class. No surprise. We're not in the same class. You're not military science. Like, <laughs> um, you're not in clap for credit. Well, all right. Let me tell you about, let me tell you about this magical place called Palmdale. You want to hear about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were so corny. It's like, Hey, where you live? I'm at the towers. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't remember what I used to say, but it couldn't have been very, uh, impressive. <laughs> it worked. It worked. It worked. Oh my God, Greg, you are, you crack me up, dude. Do you miss your scooter? I mean, the first one I had was a Raz and it was used, but then once I got that yellow Yamaha Zuma, it went like 46 downhill. I missed that thing for sure. Like I want to get one like for my neighborhood, you know? Yeah, that's all I tell Allie is if I ever get a, like a promotion, I'm getting a scooter. <laughs> I miss that more than anything in the world. Like heavy duty Zuma scooters are legit. I feel They're like. legit. Yeah. To my Honda Elite, I missed that. Somebody stole it. I missed that thing. Yeah, those ones were quick, dude. The, they were the quick. Red, the Red Elites, yeah. And then I picked up some piece of garbage, um, like 19... I celebrated the thing's 21st birthday. <laughs> like it, was, it was like in 1985 or something. Like, no, it was even earlier. I, I started with the Raz, dude. It was I, call, I called it like the Cougar or something because like it, it sounded like um, like a Bobcat or something. Like It, it did not sound right. <laughs> and then I worked I worked all summer long at Stop and Go gas station on Packers Avenue. And then I, I bought a, a, a Zuma and I was that was the business right there. Living yeah. a good life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Stop it. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> what other jobs did you have in the summer? Um, I mean, Stop and Go gas station was my job through the football program. And then I got on at, you know, Wando's doing my thing there. So I was I was bouncing, cleaning, waiting. I was doing anything and everything to try and make a buck for Jay Wanzerski, dude. Dude, I I I bar backed, I think, two years. Yeah. What a pain in the butt to do, though. It is. It really. I mean, you're bringing it, yeah. you're bringing beers and ice and everything up all these floor, like you know they had the storage area below. Yeah. Um, and you had to go all the way up to the second and third floor. Like it was legit. It was a yeah, it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> hard. But you made like forty bucks a night, maybe, yeah. and. And then you went and spent it the next fight, day, you know? Yeah. And maybe you got to break it up. Like, but then that was about it. <laughs> well, Greg, uh, dude, we really appreciate it, man. We got to get this round table together. Cause there's a lot more funny stories. Um, we didn't even ask you like about coach Alvarez and what he meant in your life. And like you saying, you're going to the basketball games. Like when somebody asks me, like, coach Alvarez retiring from Wisconsin, like, what do you do for you? You really think about it. It's like pretty much everything from my, from 18 years and on, like he, he, the seed was set when he wanted me to come there. And then from that point on, like, I would have never met you, Greg. I'd never do this podcast. I would never have a baby. It's like, would I have a baby possibly, but would I have the wife and the baby I have now? No way. So it's like so bizarre when you think about how like the universe has connected these dots. I just think it's so fascinating, but I think it's fascinating too. I think about it very, very often. And, um, you know, just at the end of the day, like we're incredibly lucky to be around Barry Alvarez, like the type of leader that he was, the way 
he was a CEO of the operation. Like I still pick up things and utilize things from him today, but just this whole badger ish, man, like we're, we're badgers basically because of him. And like you said, like, you know, you met Ali and um, have a youngster and doing this podcast and, you know, I get to be in the health IT field and the nonprofit field with fellow badgers. Um, it's basically all due to, you know, being university. Wait, Greg, I just became a monthly donor. So tell everyone what you're doing now. Cause I love it. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, my, my full-time job is at a hospital, obviously, which is, which is badger centric, um, because we utilize the software and we're an Epic customer. Um, but the side gig is for a nonprofit called Elastio. It's an acronym. Our lives is seen through each other, where our mission is to create experiences where students uh, are allowed to serve as catalysts for social impact. Um, Bernie's been a longtime supporter. Um, our co-founders and board, there's three of us uh, that are Badgers. Um, Aaron and Ceci are amazing um, co-founders. And what we do is uh, we take kids from Watts, Compton, Crenshaw, East LA, Palmdale, Lancaster, and we get to trip take them on incredible international, national, and local excursions. So they've gone with Eva Moses Core, a Holocaust survivor, to Auschwitz. Um, Washington, D.C. is our bread and butter trip, um, where we go to Howard, Georgetown, African-American History and Culture Museum, Holocaust Museum, all kinds of fun stuff along the way. We're doing a Civil Rights Dr. King Freedom Trail focused tour um, here in spring. We're going to do a Madison, Milwaukee one in June. Um, so just an incredible a uh, nonprofit with a bunch of badgers around um, taking kids from quote unquote underserved areas or stigmatized areas and allowing them to go on incredible, incredible excursions that you get to see the light bulb pop on in their brains. And a lot of our alumni are at the UCLA's, the USC's, the UC Irvine's of the world and um, are going to be the future leaders of their neighborhoods and get to go back to Jordan Downs and Watts and Palmdale and become the change makers of the 661 that we need, bro. Listen, six six one, but out the whole world. Absolutely. I mean, you're doing it. You're doing a, a. If you think about it, like yes, it's not huge, but it can be. And what you're doing, I think, is so cool. And listen, man, you guys, you got me on the scholarship for your boy. So I, I fit, you know, fifteen dollars a month. It seems like not a lot, but it is right for the yeah. whole a monthly donor to me. And I'm in that world. It's so important. And it means a lot. It it means a ton to me that you're involved with that. Um, so. Th- Matt, um, there's a Kevin Morris Memorial Scholarship. He was my high school teammate and one of my best friends. And right when we had started camp our freshman year in Madison, um, he unfortunately, you know, became victim to gun violence and uh, passed. And it was just, it was horrific and devastating, but we we now have a scholarship in his honor where kids from that same community um, are going to be able to go on our, our DC trip here in uh, July. So your support... I, I can't even put into words what your support means. And if anyone's listening, you can check us out on elastio.org um, and learn more. We're, we're, we're truly a startup nonprofit. We're out here hustling and grinding. We're strategic grinders, as we like to refer to ourselves. Um, but we're trying to make differences in kids' life. We're all volunteers. Um, so please support if you can. Listen, I love it. And not only is Greg witness was a the witness for my wedding, signed my wedding certificate, Aaron Friedman, who is the other co-founder, signed the ketubah, which is the Jewish marriage certificate. So it like these two guys are like brothers to me. So I I mean, I Greg, it's just it's unbelievable. You know, like even with saying like we we were on a team of a hundred guys, you know, 
there are a few people that I still text with and speak to and go on trips. We were recently in Paris and, you know, like we go to Madison all the time. Like you're one of those dudes. And without this Badgers, without Wisconsin, without Alvy, without JD, without all those influential pieces, like this would never happen. And I don't know what I'd be doing in life without like you in it. I think it, I just can't even think of like that. It just seems it's, so crazy. It's, it's really amazing. And I love it. And I think that's why, like, you know, I'm, a, I'm approaching 40, I'm gonna turn 40 this year. And, and, you know, that's kind of a, a, a gatekeeper type of age where you start to think about things and reflect on things. And I love this Badger stuff, man. Like our, the, you're, you just laid out our friendship, you know, and how, um, you know, got to see you and Ali meet one another. Now you have a, you have a youngster and um, we got to witness your wedding and now you're a supporter of, of the nonprofit that we're involved with. So all of this stuff um, started in Madison. It's all Badger centric. Um, it's unbelievable. I'm, like I said, I'm getting on a flight tomorrow to go watch basketball games with fellow Badgers. Aaron's going on that trip and um, it's just special, man. It really is special. That's and awesome. I love it. And there's like really good people involved, you know? Greg, if we ever do a basketball one, you you yeah. got to come on because you are very smart in the basketball realm. When did you become such a huge basketball fan? So I I play football, but basketball is my favorite sport. I obviously grew up in Southern California, so right at the heart of the Kobe and Shaq years, and before that, the Showtime Lakers. Um, so I just always appreciated basketball, and I think being a Badger, like you obviously know what's going on from a football perspective, but I just fell in love with Badger hoops. Um, so getting, the you know, watch Brad Davison shoot below 40%, four out of five years and being critical of him, um, is just in my, uh, in my nature, but get, getting to see somebody like, uh, you know, Johnny ball out in a Badger uniform is, um, is just special. And I hope he has six games left in him to make a run and we get to do some stuff in Milwaukee, man. So I love my, basketball. I, my favorite group, group, uh, text is you, me, Alex and Zalewski and, the way that they can manipulate, you know, you can cut and paste Brad's face onto anything and to put words, there is nothing more fun than that group and watching, you know, when Brad last year had what, like 31 points in the UNC game yeah. or whatever the game was. And, and then the sub root came out. Like, I couldn't stop laughing at that meme. It's just Brad Davidson running down the court and it says sup root. My brother put together. <laughs> And legitimately, like I had to share it on Facebook because I couldn't stop laughing and nobody gets it. Like, I had like right. four likes, but it's just like to me, like it, it's it's iconic how that funny group, it is. That group is awesome. It's hilarious. I'm obviously critical of Brad Davison um in that group. So all the memes that come out of it are hilarious. <laughs> the sub root ones, his list of top 10 restaurants in Madison on. On your wedding day, he went for like 24, 26. Like he balled out on your wedding day before <laughs> before it happened. Like there's so many weird, funny things that happen with this kid, Brad Davison, man. And, um, you know, after after this tournament, we're going to transition away from him. And hopefully we, you know, we have somebody more uh, explosive and can shoot above 40% in a shooting guard role, you know? Listen, I, I, I like him. He plays like uh, uh, an inch. He's like a, such a good dude, but he plays such a dirty basketball that like, that's me. It's like setting illegal screens and, yeah. you know, poking people when they jump up and like, I mean, that's not all the time, but like I foul people hard, man, but this is pre, you know, flagrant fouls. Like you had to really do something outrageous. I think that was feels the way about Brett Davis and the way I felt about Ben Brust. Yeah. You were all over him all year. 
And we didn't even talk about like the team now. That's what I love about this. We'll do all that with the Badger Roundtable, Running Back Roundtable. We'll talk about camp stories. Oh, God. Camp stories. Camp stories. Howard, uh, Boyd, Howard Boydell and cramps. I mean, I, <laughs> I well, you talk about like throwing a bone. Remember when Alvy like just gave us an ice pop? He's like, here you go, guys. Here's one five minute period of ice pops. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember at camp when the offense didn't do anything? We had to like go through the entire script of like three or four periods from the beginning all over again. It was horrible. We all like we're saying like is is the NCAA gonna come and do anything <laughs> ever? And they're like, yeah, like, right. Oh, we're starting not- practice. <laughs> we're starting. There are rules here. But no, that didn't. None of that mattered. And it's actually kind of. I actually now look back and think that's funny. But during the time that because each three or four periods was twenty minutes, it's not a lot of time. But those every period was hard, man. There was no resting. Like you hardly stood around. Like you were working. I think that's what our conditioning was. Like if we had twenty two or twenty four periods, it was going to be nonstop. Like you had to go from individual to inside to seven on to team to scout team like it was nonstop and you were constantly moving all over the field um so it was like endurance plus you know fast twitch sprint explosiveness in the plays and I, I think that was you know part of the reason why coach Alvarez always put a outstanding squad on the field man because we practiced so hard practice so hard and and competed at a high level that's what, and, all day and, every day yeah all right, man. I gotta let you go. We could do this forever, yeah. but Greg, I love you, man. Thank you for coming on. We're gonna Thank get you, you so back. much, Greg. I I love you guys too. I can't um can't wait to watch. I I really enjoy watching, you know, Lee and Chris Chambers and Tez and everybody that you guys have on, man. So it's it's really cool what you guys are up to, and hopefully see you guys soon. Thanks for the op- opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.